Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. As a new Western Union customer, you can enjoy a $0 transfer fee on your first international online money transfer. Send money to your loved ones back home the fast, easy, and reliable way. Visit westernunion.com or download their app today to get started. And your first transfer fee is free. Services offered by Western Union Financial Services, Inc., NMLS 906983, or Western Union International Services, LLC, NMLS 906985, FX Gain Supply. She just walked out? Were you wearing enough cologne? This week on the Story Song Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode we walk you through the world of a story song. And this episode we're talking about What's My Age Again by Blink-182. Oh, Dan, you don't know uh, your age? How sad. This, uh, this is that song that goes, what do you get when you fall <laughs> in love? Close. Yeah? It's close. Let's just say yes, Michael. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, all right. Well, I want to say two things before we get started here, which is that the reason why I picked this song was um, this was a song that at the time I, uh, what's the word, hated. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I think for a couple of reasons, but uh, I think the main one is that, um, so at the time I was like a kid who was super into like punk rock and alternative rock and whatever else you want to call it. And this song was a song that, uh, unlike something like, I don't whatever, like some pop thing or like Backstreet Boys or whatever else was going on at the time, this song fell into what Freud would call or <laughs> did call the narcissism of tiny differences. Mm-hmm. But what I would call um, like a cultural uncanny valley, okay. which is okay. the uncanny. The Uncanny Valley, if you don't know, is that thing where, like, if you ever see something that seems like it's, it looks like it's human, but it's not exactly right and it, like, creeps you out. Um, when I say uncultural Uncanny Valley, what I'm talking about is a song that sounds a lot like something I like, but it's not quite right, and therefore right. I hate it. Like, right, it, was, right. it was close, but it didn't, it didn't quite, it wasn't quite right. And so then I was like, ugh, I hate this thing. So, but. Then the other day, I was listening to my local alternative rock station, and they were like, hey, it's Flashback Friday or whatever, and they played this song, <laughs> and that's the way they talk. It's yeah. a terrible it's a terrible radio station. It's, it's they just have the awful. goofiest DJs on that station. <laughs> but I heard this song, and I listened to it with fresh ears, um, and I was like, you know what? The song's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. and We'll talk about all this, but like the music's good, and I was like, you know what? Also, I have to admit, it's it's actually funny, and what I mean yeah. by that is that like most songs that try to be funny are not funny; um, they're dumb. And I was like, mm, this one's actually this one's actually funny. They actually pull it off. So that got me thinking more and more about this song, and then I decided that I wanted to talk about it. Um. The other thing I wanted to say before we get started is that, you know, we try to keep it 
clean here. You know, if you're at home listening with kids or whatever. And we're going to do that as much as we can this episode. But this song is what a lot of things were in the late 90s and early 2000s. And do you guys want to guess what word I'm thinking of from the from that time period of what this song is? What? Um, Y2K. <laughs> Rachel, you want to you want to guess? No, I don't have a guess. This song is raunchy, you oh, guys. Oh, okay, okay. I <laughs> remember, remember in the late nineties, early two thousands when everything was raunchy? Yeah, and things got, are, yeah. Not things another were, teen movie. You got all those like yeah. teen movies and stuff. Yeah. But that was just a thing. Like things were too hot for TV. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like so. Yeah. So the songs, the song, you guys, it's just a little raunchy. It's just a little. It's a little. It's a little out there. So be ready for that. I just wanted to <laughs> give you guys a heads up for that. That was a word that we could not get enough of at the time. We loved things. We just loved things that were raunchy. It was. It was just a time for that. You know. It's about freedom and rebelling from our parents. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I took her out. It was a Friday night. I walk alone to get the feeling right. We started making out and she took off my pants. But then I turned on the TV. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And I saw more of you my TV shows. What the hell is ADD? My friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? I'm very confident that he used a totally reasonable amount of cologne. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> just a little dabble, do ya, on the side. A little Dracar Noir. Sure. He did. Uh, he did the spray delay and walk away. Thing. <laughs> What's the other one? It wasn't Dracar Noir. What was the other one? It was. Uh, was it? Bl- uh, it's something water. Oh, uh, Chanel. Very pop. Yep. <laughs> Chanel yep. number five. He put a lot of Chanel number five <laughs> sure. on. Sure. But yeah, no, I'm sure it's just, he just used a touch. Just a little bit. Just a touch. Just, just yeah, a yeah, just to give it, you know, a, like a little bit of a highlight of his natural musk. Right. Which is also, I'm sure, delightful. Oh, without a doubt. Couldn't, couldn't smell that aftershave from miles no, away. No. no. <laughs> Definitely didn't bathe in it. Um, <laughs> now, when he says to get the feeling right, is that like like uh, that that sting of the alcohol yeah. after? Yeah. Oh, is that he's the feeling he's talking it. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got to get, so. yeah, get that stingy feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feel the, the pain. I mean, what what was it? Because I, I, I'll i be honest with you. After I shave, I have a, I have a soothing lotion that Ooh. I like to put on um, afterwards. But why, why before that were people just like, you know what I need to do is just slap alcohol right. directly yeah. onto my face and just let it burn. Yeah. What faces need just are to be so shocked hard. into <laughs> right. being, yeah. uh, being what I want yeah. them to be. The, yeah. I, I, they just need to be like super dried it out. It doesn't you seem know? right. Yeah, it does not seem right. No. No, what you're supposed to do is is scrub, uh, take a big bowl of ice cubes, pour <laughs> uh, pure rubbing alcohol into it, and then mm-hmm. stick your face in That's it. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's yeah. the Joan Crawford special. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I listen. We're, I, we do not have to get into this, but I, I don't even understand how be- beards and shaving your face would work. And and I'm part Italian, so I assume at some point I'm gonna have to do it myself, even as a woman. But no, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I, I don't understand the whole thing about shaving and sh- and slapping like aftershave and stuff on your face. I, I, I don't understand. We don't have aftershave I- for our legs, women. We have lotion, right? 
Yeah, well, I think that's the. Th- I mean, that's what I was talking about. That now, again, I have a soothing lotion mm-hmm. that, that feels <laughs> nice on my skin. But yeah, I don't know why. I mean, my dad, for many years, had an aftershave on his dresser that the the bottle was shaped like a gun. <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't understand. And it was just pure grain alcohol with like a little bit of smelly stuff in there. <laughs> and like 1972, they're like, that's it. That's yep. good enough. Knock yourself that's out. What you get, man. Looks... I don't yeah, know what like... brand that was, but the tagline was guaranteed to burn your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so show your face who's boss was, I believe. <laughs> don't let it get away with that. Um, okay. So I work alone to get the feeling right. We started making out. She took off my pants, but then I turned on the TV. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23 and are still more amused by TV shows. What the hell is ADD? My friend should I said act, my friends say I should act my age. What's my age again? What's my age? So the first thing I want to say with that is, and, and speaking of uh, gender splits here, uh-huh. Rachel. Is that, so we started making out, she took out my pants, and I turned on the TV. Now, this guy smells like a cologne factory, (laughs) right? Right, yep. He took her out, and they are at home watching TV. So was there any sort of a date, or or him him taking her out was just going to her house and watching TV? No, I like to think they went out to, uh, I'm going to say Applebee's. I'm going to say Applebee's, you know? Something (laughs) like that. Uh... Ice cream a shop. A local diner, maybe. Ice. Mm-hmm. Or fr- if it's an ice cream shop, Michael, it's not like a fun ice cream shop. It's like a friendlies. Not that friendlies isn't fun, but you know, they're going to a chain restaurant. I mean, right. he's, imma- he's immature. He, they're, not t- they're not going to a fancy restaurant, but um, right, like a friendlies. Uh, but <laughs> I, and hopefully, this is uh, my. I'm trying to stick up for him, and then they go back to his place or her okay. place or whatever. What does I want to say? Getting close to this guy makes her eyes burn, right? <laughs> True. With the amount of cologne. Um, they went to some crappy chain restaurant and then back to her house to, uh, to watch TV, right? My point is, is that, ladies, you don't ask for a lot. You know what I mean? Like, even at this point, she's still willing to take his pants off. Right. Right? You don't ask for a lot. And, men, we still can't clear that bar. Yeah. That very, very low bar. Yeah. We still somehow managed to not yeah. get over it. It's just, it, I just, ladies, thank you for all that you do. It's incredible <laughs> how you're willing to put up with oh, us. Oh, man. I'm, I, I'm saying that as a representative of the male half of the race. Thank you so much. I don't know why you do it, but I'm so glad that you do. That's all I got to say. Listen, and it's, it's especially, he's, you know, 23. What a nightmare. Right. Men in their early oh my 20s, God. what a nightmare they are. They just, right. they have, it's just, no, there's no, there, no clue. No clue. If you ever see a, well, if you ever see a woman in a relationship and she's in a relationship with a early 20 something, just be like, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Cause this is, <laughs> you know, I don't know how many times you sigh during the day, but it's a lot probably. It's a lot. Right. And yet you're still here. You're here still you willing to be like, I can fix him. That's that's the amazing part. Is that you you guys are like, you know, 
those people that like won't throw anything away and are like, oh, I can, I, I, I don't, this is a perfectly good broken toaster. I'll fix it or whatever. Instead of just being like, I'm going to chuck this away. That's what I do. If I got a broken toaster, <laughs> that thing goes in the garbage can. I ain't fixing nothing. So you guys are like, yes, he's going to get a new problems. toaster. But I, it's yeah, true. exactly. It's true. But I can't just break up with him. I have to help and fix him. No, it's, I, again, ladies, uh, thank you so much for all that you do. It's not necessary. I don't understand it. And yet here you are. It's fantastic. Um, because, Rachel, on that note, uh, he says the line, nobody likes you when you're 23. Stop there. You don't need to go. Into- yeah, nobody, nobody likes, likes you when you're 23 because <laughs> you're just a horrible person. Uh, you're just self-involved and, and annoying. <laughs> you're just annoying at that point. Um, nobody likes you when you're 23. In his defense. Yeah. <laughs> This is 1999, so it's like season one of The Sopranos. So, right. all right, he's okay. watching TV. Okay. Right, right, right. There was a lot of good stuff on. Yeah. This is the renaissance. This is the television renaissance <laughs> is what Michael is saying. He's like, no, this, is, yeah. mm, this is this is sort of the start of it. What was I going to say? No Pre-streaming. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, pre-DVR. Yeah. This is, the West Wing was brand new. Right. He's like, look, this is the start of the golden age of television. You don't want to miss this. Right? We got to watch these shows. And like we said, we can't tape them. We got to watch them when they're on. So, really, this is more your fault than mine that you started this. <laughs> this close to <laughs> 9 o'clock on a Sunday. Right. Um, but, uh, okay, so here's what I do like about this. I mean, I like the whole thing. But, so when I was talking about the humor part of it, because the what the hell is ADD, okay? Right. Two things. First of all, I love the fact that she clearly said to him, you have ADD. Right. Right. But we don't hear that part. We only yeah. hear him not only hearing it, but also dismissing it. Right. He like he's just like he's like, what the hell is ADD? Like, I, I, I'm not even going to think about this. Right. So I like that's a funny joke. Yeah. That we don't hear her say it. We only hear him dismissing her very valid <laughs> thing that she's saying. <laughs> They're like you probably do have ADD. You should probably go get that checked out. Or if you're gonna be dismissing it, it might just be that he has ADD, so he has not been able to pay attention and figure right. out what ADD is. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other part is that I love because so I think one problem when people make a funny song, right, is that like they 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 put the spotlight on the joke, right, and it's like ah right huh. Huh? You get it? You get it? What I love about that is this is a funny joke and it it's thrown away. Yeah. Right? He says it super fast where he's like, more of the TV shows, what the hell is ADD? My franchise said my age. So when you listen back, you can almost miss it the first time. Right. So on repeat listens, it, it still remains funny. It still keeps the humor because it just like flies right past it, which is exactly what he's doing because he has ADD. He can't keep a thought in his head for more than two seconds before it's, he's on to the next thing. Um, so I, again, I just want, since this is a song I used to hate right. <laughs> and a band <laughs> that I used to hate, I really want to give them credit for the fact that this, you know, it really works. And I, I do think again, doing comedy in a song is really hard. And not that this is like gut bustingly funny, but it's actually clever right. and it's funny. And the fact that, you know, hey, it's irreverent, but again, but I think you're right. But, you know, they don't, it doesn't like be beat you over the head with it it's not even right. the end point of the chorus it's just a little note in the middle of it right 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 and it's a fun little thing and like i said they just kind of toss it away and they'll do that again later on um so my friends say i should act my age. so again this is another thing where like all of his friends are telling him like 
you're screwing up, man. <laughs> like you got to act your age. And he's like, all my friends are saying it, but what's my, what's my age again? Which could be him, you know, sort of again, dismissing it. Like, Oh, who cares about how old I am? Or him also being like, genuinely don't know how old I am. Um, which I've been there. Well, brother, he was so found, don't worry about it. <laughs> he was found on the streets and, uh, right. in a basket. <laughs> so actually nobody knows yeah, what yeah. age he is. He, he was, bo- he was born before they, before they started keeping records. That's right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So he's like, he's like super old. He's like 4,000 years old. Do you think these lyrics, the what's my age again? It could mean those things. I wonder if it could also be sort of a, uh, is this a guy who sort of, felt his peak in high school and is trying to keep to keep that somewhere in like you know in play where it's like yeah i'm 23 but come on i mean aren't we all still kind of who we were in high school and everybody else is like no we've matured and you have right right yeah i mean i think that's i think that is what it is that he's like so who cares if i'm 23 this is what this is who i am this is what i like to do um which on one hand i'm like yeah stay true to yourself on the other hand i'm like Eh, you know, maybe don't ignore your girlfriend right. when she's like, you know, taking your pants off. Like, come on, man. Like, show a little respect for for it at least. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. So yeah, I mean, I th- and I think this sort of behavior is only hurting him. Exactly. Right? Exactly. But but I don't even think he he's even conscious enough to think about what he's. No, doing. he lives in the spontaneous he, moment, and right. that's all. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what if she's saying, like, all of your clothes smell like your cologne, so. <laughs> I mean, that could be it. She's like, look, we got to get these clothes off. Um, I I don't, I'm not even thinking about sex. It's just that, like, I we got, you are drenched in this stuff. This I mean, it's going to be all like, over my couch. Like, my couch is going to yeah. stink <laughs> of whatever musk this is. This, like, designer <laughs> imposter that you got. At Did CBS? you wash your clothes? Did you wash your clothes in cologne? I don't understand how this smell could be this strong. I, it doesn't even make any this sense. This is clearly a nine ninety nine gift box from CBS <laughs> Christmas time. Did you use more than one bottle? Like I, I just, I'm genuinely <laughs> c- confused at this point. You might have done some damage to your skin. <laughs> Later on, on the drive home, I called her mom from a payphone. I said I was the cops.
Well, that's what we're saying, that it's he, not a flash of anger. Like, yeah. So, like, he would have the this, thought of, like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should do this. And it's like, oh, right. God, i got to find a phone. This is what courts would call premeditated and <laughs> yeah. possibly even conspiracy. Because, again, so much work is going into making this prank phone call. For what purpose? For what do do yeah, to annoy her mom? But to annoy her mom? Like what? But for why, what? Because she be, why is it because she walked away from him? Because he was yeah, just because he's mad. Oh my gosh! This is the <laughs> thing where it's what's my age again? Because this is these are the actions of a thirteen-year-old boy yes. that has no sense of repercussions of their actions and who like doesn't understand. Right? That's why it's like oh, I'm gonna do this like prank phone call. But when you're 23, you should not be doing prank phone calls. No. It's not I mean, a thing. You should have right. the, the impulse control. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but also, like, it's, it's um, like, even if he wanted to get revenge, which he shouldn't, but even if he did, this is a bad revenge. You know what bad. I mean? Like, he's annoying her mom, and he also, like, doesn't want to be found out that it's him, right? So he's not even directly doing anything. He's just calling her mom to be a jerk for no right. reason. Like, right. It's it's so pathetic. Yeah, if you want revenge, you go all Sonny came home. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You burn that house down. Make your list. Um, burn <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't know that he's doing it as a revenge thing just because she was mad at him. I think it's I I think it's a goof. I think he's doing it as a goof. I think. Well, yes, but why call as her mother? <laughs> like, I mean, I think I like. I agree, Michael. I think it's a goof. Like, I this is not Sunny came home. And by the way, I want to say to all immature people out there, thank you for doing stupid immature pranks and not burning down houses. <laughs> yeah. So for that, he should get credit at the very least. But yeah, no, I. I mean, I think again, I think Michael, he's he's angry. Right. And he like he's not mature enough to understand what to do. So he he calls he does a prank call on her mother. Yeah. Again, yeah. to what point? For what per <laughs> Michael's like, We we do goofs. What, what's the problem with doing a goof? Hey guy, as a goof. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then to to bring in the dad, I mean, he's just right. he's really trying to endear himself to the whole family. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, that's another, that is a thing that, um, I don't know, that I, I've heard from friends or whatever, where it's like, I got into a fight with my girlfriend's mom. I mean, obviously, this was many years ago when this sort of stuff would happen. And I always just be like, dude, you, why? Don't ever bring in the family. Like, what are you so talking weird. about? Like, whatever your girlfriend's mom says, just be like, yep, sounds good. Like, <laughs> there's no... And then, like, and then do whatever you want afterwards. But don't, don't be getting into fights with your girlfriend's mom. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? No, that's way too. No, then years later, when they're married, it's something they can look back on. Be like, do you guys remember <laughs> when I yeah. called you? Remember when I said it was the cops? Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so hilarious. Was that hilarious? We didn't think it was hilarious. Right. And the parents will be like, "Oh, that was funny. You did it as a goof." <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I see. It was a goof. Oh, it was funny. Good. I mean, it, it it put us into family counseling, but it was funny. I see. Looking back. With our therapist, right. we realize how good it was, how funny of, uh, of a goof it was. Right, 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 right. Like, like during the wedding, when you had your friends stand up and object to the wedding, and we all found out it was a big goof afterwards. Like, yeah. we, it was super fun. Like, we all had a big laugh afterwards about what a goof that was. 
We have, um, we have to thank the makers of the 10 uh, for, <laughs> for the, as, a as a goof. I have to say, that's my favorite. You murdered my wife! Hey, guy, as a goof. Guy, as a goof. You know what? You're bad vibes. I gotta blow. Man. The one line of this song that gets me is, what the hell is call ID? Because he's at a payphone. What does right, it right. matter? Actually, that's the smartest thing that he did was to stop at a payphone. <laughs> Unless he's just lingering at the payphone and they trace the call and send the cops to him. Well, I think, I or mean, I think he the picked point... up the phone and he was like, hi. <laughs> well, again, I think the and point is announces that. announces his name. I think the point is that she knows it's not the cops. Okay. Right? Okay. Like she says you're calling from a payphone or whatever. <laughs> she sees the number on her caller ID and she's like, I know this payphone. This isn't the police. <laughs> this is the payphone by the bank. <laughs> uh, but yes, I mean, yeah, that is a thought that I've had where it makes it seem like he got caught. But but again, it's a payphone, which I think, I don't know if, I mean, if he did that on purpose, that is smart. Except the fact that he doesn't seem to know what call ID is. So it perhaps would matter. But he, well, didn't he call has from, two from options. He's either going to go home and call from his home phone. Right. Or he's going to call from a payphone. Right. That yeah, is 1999. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he has but, a cell phone. But he has such a hilarious goof ready that he can't wait to get home. <laughs> he's got to do it from a payphone. Um, so, okay. Well, what I was going to say was this, this is the most um, ever, like, this song was written in 1999 uh, from any song ever. Because <laughs> we, we got three, three things here. Yeah. He calls from a payphone yep. because he does not have a cell phone. The concept of call ID is so new that he is not aware of it and doesn't know how it works. Now, I know this guy's an idiot, but even the dumbest idiots understand that when your cell phone rings, the number shows up, right? Right, right. Um, so at least, you know, again, the fact that it's a new thing. And then third, as we've already mentioned, the whole sodomy thing, um, which in 1999 may have been a legitimate thing. Thankfully, we have moved along culturally enough um, in this country, morally enough, where that's not so much of an issue anymore. We have not moved far enough, (laughs) but we have at least moved somewhat further down the line um, where, again, I don't don't know if the cops would call uh, about that. Probably not even in 1999, but it was at least close enough where that was a thing that, you know, someone could still potentially do that. But anyway... Um, so yeah, so those three things definitely place this in the, like, I don't know, pre-Obama age, let's say, uh, <laughs> at, at, at the very least. Um, so, okay. So, um, so the, what the hell is call ID again? This is the other thrown away thing where yeah. she said, she clearly says to him, I can see on call ID that you're not the police. You're calling from a pay phone and hangs up the phone. And he's like, what the hell? What does that mean? What's call ID? Like I don't like <laughs> so again him just that? right so him just like dismissing Is her she psychic? you know right 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 so or he's again, never I'm, seen like an MCI commercial with uh, <laughs> introducing caller ID and uh, uh, call waiting yeah right well because back then call ID was like a separate box right you would have like yeah you would have you, a little or you would do or you could uh, star sixty nine was to call back to call back. But, and yes. then there was star something else that I think would give you the number that called. Okay. But yeah, call but ID think... back then was, if you had a fancy phone, it would show up because it would have a little thing. Or it was like an attachment mm. that you had next to your phone. 
that MCI would yeah. drop off. Right. <laughs> well, I remember the first thing I remember was we had a little box that like basically went between the the wire coming out of the the wall yep. and your phone. Like you would plug it into that and then plug it into your and phone. That, and that box was And then was the number beige. was showed up. 100% that box was oh, like oh, a tan it's... beige. <laughs> yep. It was, that's what it was. <laughs> and and it, the back, the, the screen, the background was, was green. Yep. That like glowing green, and then the the letters were black. Yes, you're one hundred percent. No, everything. Yes, that's what it was. Everything before like two thousand. If it was high tech, it had to be beige. It yeah. was beige. Yeah. yeah. What? I mean, good lord, why? <laughs> what a bizarre thing. I will say this: I do like not just the throw throwaway of what the hell is call ID, but like the parallel construction of the two verses, mm-hmm. where there is that throwaway of. There's yeah. clearly someone saying, like, I, I see your number on call ID. I, I, I know all the payphones in this neighborhood. And he, like, th- there is that throwaway in the middle. Like, there's a conversation happening in both of these verses. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. That you're not hearing the other side yeah. of There are other characters the conversation. involved. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you're only hearing him, his stupid interpretation <laughs> of what's happening. Like, but that's, so also, can... that's also part of... The character, he's so self-involved that all you hear right. is his side. And that's about the time she walked away from me. Nobody likes you when you're 23. And you still act like you're a freshman year. What the hell is wrong with me? My friends say I should act my age. That's about the time that she broke up with me. No one should take themselves so seriously. With many years ahead to fall in line. Why would you wish that on me? What the hell is wrong with me? Now, this is the only yeah. perhaps self, self-reflexive self uh, internal thought that we get where he does say, what the hell is wrong with me? Um, it could be, f- but it could also be him sort of defending himself almost. That's true. Like, not he's he's not reflecting on there might be something wrong with the way he's acting. He's reflecting on people's perceptions of him like what do they think is wrong him saying right. he's he's not saying what the hell is wrong with me he's saying what's the what the hell is wrong with me right <laughs> right yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 right yeah or or the other interpretation is that um you know like people are saying you should act your age and people are saying to him what the hell is wrong with you right, right. so he's just oh, yeah. saying, like this is what people are saying <laughs> is like what the hell is wrong with me and why don't i act my age um but I, I, I think it may potentially be him being, um, what's the word I want? Not self-reflective, but um, self-aware. Self-aware, yeah. It, only in that, because what I, here's the last thing I like about this song, which I, I, I again, I think this is well-constructed, which is it's not clear um, the first time, although I, I did realize it this last time that I heard it, and that's how I was like, mm, this sounds pretty good. Because I think there's two ways to take this. When he says, because um, then he says, that's about the time she broke up with me. No one should take themselves so seriously with many years to fall in line. Why would you wish that on me? I never want to act my age. What's my age again? What's my age again? So him saying, you don't have to take it so seriously. I never want to act my age. I like the way that I am. Except that the background vocals are saying, please stay with me. Wow. Right? 
So him saying like all this stuff of being like, I'm fine. Like whatever his internal monologue is saying, please don't leave. Please, please stay with me. But he has no idea how to say that to her. Right. Right. All he can, all he can be is a jerk because he's too immature, but in his head, potentially, if that's the way you want to interpret it, he's actually begging, like, please don't leave. But he has no way of knowing how to keep her. So he's, he's saying, take me as I am, but please stay. Right. He's like, don't try and change me. Well, but he's being, well, he, I don't know if he's saying that. He's just being super defensive. Right. right? Oh, that's outward, true. That's true. What he's outwardly <laughs> saying is like, don't take yourself so seriously. Like, well, who cares? Like, I don't want to ever, you don't want to be act my age? Well, I never want to act my age. But again, in the background, you're hearing that they're saying, please stay with me. Right. Please, please, please don't go. Please stay with me. And almost pleading in the background while the main, you know, the main singer is, is singing these lyrics that are like super defensive. About, like, I never want to act my age. Yeah. That's good. It <laughs> it's is actually good. good. I mean, you, and, and, and you don't, I mean, I never heard it like that, but that's because I never, it's also a, a fast yes. pop punk song, yeah. so you don't really hear it that much. Um, so it's got a lot more depth to it this way. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more going on than just completely, complete immaturity and lack of self-awareness. There's a, there is some sort of struggle at least. Right. Uh, which is, I guess, what we hope all 20-somethings <laughs> <Right>. feel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, that maybe they'll and eventually. will take time at some point. Yeah, and eventually they'll figure it out. I mean, listen, when you're, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you're like, I'm never going to, you know, that's, that's never, whatever that is, uh, that's never going to be me. Right. I'm never going to act my age. Right. When I was, listen, you get to a point where you're like, I'm never going to be the person who listens to NPR. <laughs> and I'm always going to know what the new music is. Right. And now I'm like, I don't know what that music is, but I can tell you uh, what the last joke on Wait, Wait, Don't <laughs> I mean, Paula Poundstone is very funny. Uh... <laughs> this, this verse is his way of saying, I am what I am. I am my own special creation. Right. That's right. Well, I think the message of don't listen to other people, like do your own thing, is an admirable message, if that's what they're saying. Except that ignoring your girlfriend and prank calling her mom, they, these are not things you should be doing. Right. <laughs> like, these just, are bad examples. That's what I'm saying. Like Being your own person is one thing, right. but being a horrible, annoying person <laughs> right. is another thing. Exactly. And if you're just like, this is just, you just got to accept me as I am. Right. Then you Then you think to yourself, well, then I'm not going to accept you because I don't want to have to deal with this. Right. I don't want to no, have to have. You can be yourself, but you're going to be alone. Right. I don't want to have to have an extra beige box in my house to know whether or not my husband was arrested. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um. So anyway, yeah. So, uh, you know, no one should take this so seriously. With many years ahead to fall in line. Why would you wish that, Andy? I never want to yep. have my age. What's my age again? That's my, and that's where we leave him again. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's gonna figure it out. Um, hopefully, they patched it up. Oh God, I hope no. She should. De- she should definitely dump him and, <laughs> and go find someone else. Like, like but- <laughs> let let. Here, here's what I'm gonna say, girlfriend. In this song, let someone else fix him for once in your life. Go well, go I do mean, something hope- for yourself. Uh, here's what I hope. I hope he comes to a realization of himself that he has to grow up at some point, but I hope he doesn't become another cog in the, in the machine. 
You know? Right. I don't want him to just work at a cubicle and in despair. I want him to be himself. Absolutely. But also maybe don't prank call people with payphones. Right. Maybe he'll get over that when he gets his first cell phone. I don't know. Right. Well, I don't know. Or even his first beeper. I don't know. Or his first <laughs> or second beeper. Um, yeah. Can you prank people with a beeper? I'm not sure how you would how you would do that. Uh, it's more involved yeah. because I think they have to call you back at a they right. have to get to a payphone, <laughs> then call you back at a payphone, then you'd be right. like, here's a funny right. joke and then hang up. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think you can only put like uh uh you know, different codes. You put like prank codes. Right. Like put nine one one when it's not an emergency. Right. Gotcha. Or if it is an emergency, put nine one two. And then they don't <laughs> so totally trick them. Um all right. Anything else on this song? No. Nope. All right. Good. It's a fun song. It is fun. It's fun. Um All right, let's do Expanding Universe. Expanded Universe. Uh, I wonder this could be the um the second phone call that the guy gives to Sylvia's mother. <laughs> after she doesn't say right, right, right. But Sylvia comes to the phone. He's like, "Oh man, that stinks." But you know what? I'm going to get it. <laughs> to which Sylvia's mother says, you just called from this same number. Right, right, right. He's like, nah, it's the 70s. You don't have call ID. Psych lady. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Your husband's in jail. My husband is standing next to me. We're saying goodbye right here. to our daughter. Why would he not be here? Um, yeah. Um... I mean, maybe this phone call is why they get a divorce and take a letter Maria. If she really <laughs> believes it. Oh, you oh, think that okay. you think oh, you, you think the letter is a prank letter? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it like, never happened. <laughs> Maria comes back. He's like, I just talked to your wife. She she said. You guys went home. You had you had dinner last night. Nothing happened. He's like, oh, I got you, Maria. Psych. <laughs> ah! Maria, take a letter. Uh, ask my wife if uh, her refrigerator is running. <laughs> you want me to mail a letter that says is your refrigerator running? Yes. Yeah, so right. She'll think it's hilarious. I was trying to think of if anyone like watches TV in any of our songs. Oh, I mean in Ariel. Oh yeah. Yeah, mm. maybe this is maybe this is uh, Ariel and the guy, but then they 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 get along. She doesn't yeah. leave. No, she doesn't leave. This could be the alternate take of Ariel, <laughs> or maybe they're just watching the same show. Like, there you go. You know, which is they're just watching. That would be even worse if it's just because in Ariel, it's that like the national anthem is playing in the flag, right. like at the end of the the yeah, yeah. the broadcasting day. If that's the TV that he's watching, is just the the end broadcast with like, literally nothing else on. Hold on, I want to see how this ends. Um, <laughs> it ends the same way every night with an eagle flying over an American flag. Yeah, well, sorry, I love this country. Okay, it's like uh, there's a really good test pattern on right now. I got to check it out. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we don't have to belabor this. Um, I'll I mean, tell you what, though. Well, I yeah. will say this. The only thing I will say is she gets upset. She storms out on him. Mm-hmm. The first place she goes is to a little bar. Oh, yeah. To listen to Pearl. Yeah. Sure. Because she's lost and lonely. Yeah. At yeah. At this point. I think yeah. so. And then. And then. Yeah. Go ahead. 
No, then I I would imagine like she she decides to move on with her life and marries a uh, riverboat gambler. Mm. Um, <laughs> that doesn't yep. end well, and that doesn't end well either. No, she's unlucky in love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and she yeah, cry, and then... cry, cries in her lonely heart. <laughs> well, then she marries a man who steals all her money, and then her son has to go get revenge on him. Um, and then they fall into the belly of a whale. What we're just trying to say is that she is she's unlucky in love. That's what yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. tough. It's tough for her. Also, she's aging backwards. Uh, <laughs> like <laughs> Benjamin Buttoning. Like like Benjamin Button. Because <laughs> uh, each each one of our examples uh, got later and later, or, or whatever, <laughs> further back in time. So yes. Um. All right. Let's take a quick break. When she and gets when into we... a fight with the Red Baron, it's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> This, this song works in the in the in the universe as a whole. It's it's perfect. It all works. It all works. It's fine. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with story behind the story. Friends help friends find the story song podcast, and you can help your friends find the show by leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll read the best reviews on the show. And then you'll be famous, and you won't have to be nice to your friends anymore. All right, we're back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Uh, before we jump into that, uh, we just wanted to read. We have another review on hey. Apple Podcasts, a five-star review. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Thunder Road. This comes from uh, so Bruce. We appreciate yep, it. We know. I'm assuming it's Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. We saw through your little uh, nice try. Your, your little uh, subterfuge there. You but, thought uh, by not calling yourself the boss, calling yourself Mr. <laughs> Thunder Road, that we wouldn't know, but we know, Bruce. We know. We, we know. know. So, He's a big fan. He's a big, big fan. Um, but uh, this was left uh, April 5th, uh, and it's from Mr. Thunder Road, and the headline is "Great Stuff with." Three exclamation points. Um, mm. And that is the minimum, folks, that we ask for, is three yeah. exclamation points. <laughs> That's right. Um, so make a note, five, five stars, three five exclamation stars. points. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can do more exclamation points. We're just saying at a minimum, we want it. We want three. It's like you're yeah, 15. Um, what you're looking for is to do the bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you don't want to put any more effort, That's then right. just then do three exclamation points. Right. Right. If you want to do the absolute bare minimum... Of leaving us a review. Um, <laughs> so, great stuff. Five stars. Just found this today and listened to a few episodes. May I suggest you guys do You're Having My Baby by Paul Anka and Odetta Coates, a number one smash in 1974. Let me say this, Mr. Thunder yeah. Road. We, have, we well, are considering that song. Well, let's say, first, let's say thank you for the review. Thank, oh, thank you, you for you the so review. Well, yeah. yeah, it's great. That's thank awesome. You so much. Thank you. But I just wanted to say that song's on our list. Yeah, we have we talked about that song. We are considering it. We will almost certainly do it at some point. But I personally have been putting it off because I am <laughs> genuinely slightly scared of that song because it is so weird that weird. I am actually genuinely scared to look into it and find out what it's actually about because there's something about that. Speaking of the Uncanny Valley, there's something about that song that just creeps me right out um and the and the fact that i don't think it's supposed to be creepy makes it even creepier so um we will look into that but like michael said thank you thank yes. you thank you so much uh for the five-star review it's super helpful 
Um, if you would like to leave a five star review, uh, go ahead, go on uh, Apple Podcasts <laughs> or wherever. We're you, not going to uh, stop you. The police, go yeah. for it. Or wherever, wherever you listen to the podcast, wherever you can leave reviews, leave us a five star review. Um, it's super helpful. We super appreciate it. And if you do, we will read it on the show. So thank you again, Mister Thunder Road, and to anyone else who's thinking about leaving uh, a review, go ahead and do it. Um, all right, let's get into what's my age again by Blink One Eighty Two. So I wanted to say my kind of my main thought here is I want to discuss a little bit about. By this point, right, because this song had a very famous video mm-hmm. um, and a very memorable video. And at this point, things like visuals are really a part of music now, right? And Blink-182 had a very juvenile, um, puerile was a word that, I, that came up more than once, <laughs> um, kind of sense and, and their, um, their aesthetic. attitude. Yeah. Aesthetic, right. Um, and their branding and, and a lot of the visuals, right? And so I think that that helped them, um, but also hurt them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, but this idea of the of the visual, right, being such a big part of music at this point, and that it could turn, it could help you, but it also turned people off uh, from you. And I definitely was one of the people who was who was most likely turned off by it. Um, like I said, the fact that you know it was the the sound of the music turned me off to something that I actually you know, objectively, I, I think the song is really good. Um, and, but also again, the, the, the visual aspect of it, I was like, this just seems like kid stuff to me. Right. Um, so well, I think it also just, sorry, real quick, just to, mm-hmm. I think it also fell in the trap of, you could call them a punk band, right? But they're that idea yep. of pop punk that yep. had a big backlash, you know, uh, that, yeah. that was, people didn't, it 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 had a duty to be sort of accepted in a certain circle, and it was looked right. on as something more juvenile than a true right. punk band. Um, and I think sort of pigeon pigeonholing them that way and so calling it pop punk did a disservice to it. Right. Well, it was yeah, and it was something that was sort of stuck in the middle. It was really really right. popular for a brief time, but then, like you said, there was a big backlash to it that that yeah. kind of. They got stuck in. Um, but Blink-182 was founded in 1992 in Poway, California. Uh, no, it was, hold on, Poway. That's how you say it. Poway, California. Poway. Um, I looked it up, how to say it, and then I forgot. Um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Poway, California. What, what's ADD? The, what? What? Anyway, guys, let's go ride bikes. Um in Poway, California, the original members were guitarist Tom DeLong, bassist Mark Hoppus, and drummer Scott Raynor. Um, and in 1995, the band released their first album, Cheshire Cat, on the indie punk label, label Cargo. Uh, their second album, Dude Ranch, uh, they signed a deal with Columbia to co-distribute the album, which was released in 1997. Um, and Dude Ranch, you might know, it has that song, Damn It, which is the one where they go, I guess this is growing up. I guess this is growing up. So you might you might know. That. I like that song a lot. Um, yeah. So uh, drummer Scott Raynor, uh, who's in the who's in the video for Damn It, but uh, drummer Scott Raynor was fired during the band's 1998 tour and replaced with Travis Barker. Um, so now here's here's what I was talking about. What's my age again? Was off the band's 1999 album Enema of the State. 
You get it? Mm-hmm. Um, also, their that's next. That's the one with the nurse. That's the one with the nurse on the front. The nurse, right? yes, yeah. with yeah. the woman who's a porn star and who's also in the the video for this song. Um, but uh, and their next album would be called "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket." Um, and if you don't get that, ask ask a friend. Um, <laughs> for how that joke goes. It was produced by Jerry Finn, um, who famously had produced Green Day's Dookie album and was well-known for adding polish to punk rock songs and making them more accessible to mainstream audiences. Mm-hmm. So that was what you were saying. Yeah, that was definitely- I'd say so. <laughs> right. Well, that was definitely- Because like now, right, we're, we're, we're now, what, eight years removed from Nevermind, right? Um, uh-huh. So now we're taking that, that, that punk sound that was popular, and now we're like, okay, but how can we make it more like the Backstreet Boys? And that was the other thing. How can we take that sound but make it like, you know, the 13-year-old girls right, right, right. want to listen to it? And that was the other thing. I mean, these, these were all good-looking guys, right? And it was, uh, that was the other thing because a lot of their videos and a lot of their visuals were, were parodies or spoofs or goofs, if you will, on, <laughs> on things like the Backstreet Boys. Right, they would dress up in like silk right. shirts and like have them open and like haha have the is... wince, yeah. That's right, and be like, isn't this funny? We're acting like in sync or something. Except that again, these were good-looking guys who probably could have been in in sync, um, you know, or a band like that. And so they were kind of having their cake and eating it too, right? That they were, they were, they could play to that, you know, mainstream audience and be like, we do have these good-looking visuals. And then for the punk crowds, like we're really making a joke though, wink, right? Um, and so they were sort of in that, in that middle space. Um, but it gives permission for like the, you know, like the, the alt kids who like the alternative kids who are like, don't want to like boy bands, don't want to have crushes on boy band, uh, you know, members gives them permission to have, you know, sure. A crush on Mark (laughs) Hoppus, but he's a, he's a punk. Right. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, his hair is stuck up in a slightly different way, so that means <laughs> right, right, right that he's he's punk uh, and not and not pop. But it's um, also the 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 irreverence that we were talking about before, like where it, there's in the poppiness, there is that the irreverence makes it more punk, like adds right. to the punkness. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. Uh, in addition to its sound. There's there is this sort of they're they're walking a line, which is why it was the pop punk right. you know, movement. Right. And it was that it was that punk sound, but again, with the edges kind of shaved off and you know, so again it 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 was more accessible. They would play it on like regular radio, not just like alternative radio, you know. Um although having said that, um so this the album sold fifteen million copies worldwide. Um, this wow. song hit number two on the U.S. alternative airplay chart, although it only hit number fifty-eight on the Hot One Hundred. Interesting. Um, so it was, so that was it was mainstream, but not so mainstream that it was going to be right. Uh, uh, like a Billboard number one. Yeah, yeah. Like a Hot One Hundred hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly not. You know, being on the Hot One Hundred at all is is admirable, right? Um, but it wasn't but, like the two charts were reversed. Right. Well, what, what, what I was going to say was this is the part where this is the point in history where the start of that um, stratification of pop culture is beginning. Right. 
where they because they made they were super popular and they they made a ton of money, but it was only by um marketing to a certain mm-hmm. crowd, right? They weren't trying to get you know your your average pop music fan, right? They were trying to find that middle ground um of the people who liked alternative music, but this was this went down a little easier, right? Right, so you could kind of you could kind of you know get some of the people who maybe would be a little bit more uh, receptive to that sort of thing. But I mean, cause this video, so this has a, a famous video or, or uh, you know, me- very memorable, perhaps infamous video of them streaking through Los Angeles. Um, yeah. And they're naked and, and then their naughty bits are blurred out, but otherwise they're just running through naked <laughs> through a Los Angeles neighborhood. Um, and there's a lot of funny jokes where a woman is watering a garden and then like sees them run by and is so shocked that she turns and she sprays water all over a bunch of people. And it's like that sort of very slapsticky kind of stuff. But that, that was a huge video on MTV. Right. Um, and so, and that sort of stuff. And then they were on the, the Vans Warp Tour, speaking of 1999. Um, and so, and that was a thing, even those like tours were a thing where it was like, you know, instead of having one band having to get a whole bunch of people to a big stadium, what if you had like six bands that were all similar? Mm-hmm. Um, and then so people could go because they liked one of those bands, you know? Um, and so, and that was a thing where it was like, okay, we're going to, again, it's that sort of like siloing off of pop culture where you weren't, you know, you weren't trying to um, appeal to everyone. Right. Necessarily. Um. So, uh, all right, yeah. So I said it hit number fifty-eight on the Hot One Hundred, uh, which was the week of October twenty-third, nineteen ninety-nine. Um, and here are the top five songs uh, of that week. The uh, first one, number one, was "Smooth" by Santana, um, which uh, I believe was number one for ten years. I don't remember, <laughs> but I remember yeah, yeah. it was something like that. Yeah. It hung yeah. around. You could not for a get while. away from that song. Oh my god! Uh, I remember, like, I do distinctly remember driving my car and like that song was on the radio, and I turned to the next station, and it was also on that course. station, and I was just like, "Oh my god! I literally can't escape this song." I'm surprised they don't now. And that have that a... was two days ago. <laughs> well, I was gonna absolutely. Say, I don't. I'm I'm kind of surprised that n- even now they don't just have a serious. Uh, station that's just plays that song on a <laughs> It's called Smooth Radio. Yep. Yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, like yeah. Smooth Jazz? Nope. Just one song nope. over just and over and over, over again. Just nice. Santana and Rob Thomas for yep. 24 hours a day. <laughs> for for one day? No. Nope. Every day. Every day. Different songs by Rob Thomas and Santana? Uh, nope. Mm. Nope. Just that one song. So now here's another thing. I don't know if this means anything, but. So song number one is Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Um, second song is Heartbreaker, Mariah Carey featuring Jay-Z. Um, the third song, uh, number three, was Music of My Heart in Sync featuring Gloria Estefan. So uh, I don't know if people were just combining their powers or it was yeah. just a weird coincidence, but um, Heartbreaker by Mariah Carey and Jay-Z and Music of My Heart by NSYNC and Gloria Estefan uh, this might be more about where I was uh, at this time, but I looked up both those songs on YouTube. I've never heard either of those songs before. I, I, I literally, I was like, I've never heard this, this, this song before. So I knew Music of My Heart existed. I don't think I would know it if I heard it. Heartbreaker, I know, but M- Music of My Heart, I don't know. I would know yeah. it in two seconds. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think there were 
this was the era that began a lot of duets, I guess, but not really the duets. Featurings. It would be like art. Yeah, the feet. Yeah, featuring. featuring. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think yeah. honestly, I think a lot of that is because they wanted to find ways to do sort of crossovers and find ways to yeah. break into different markets and things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, the, I mean, the, the thing with smooth is it was a Santana from a Santana album that was Santana featuring like a thousand different artists. So yeah. that right. it was basically a duets album. Um, mm. So that's where that came from. Music of my heart was a song from a movie soundtrack. Um, the movie is music of the heart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, heartbreaker was, and I think Mariah Carey did a bunch of those like featured, like her song featuring another artist. Right. Uh, the other two, I think are well, more yeah. of a coincidence. Right. 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 Um, and as much as we were making fun of smooth, that song is, oh my, like, Oh, I'm not making the- fun of it at all. I love that song. Well, I mean, making fun of it because it just it it played forever. incessantly. But, but like the first time I heard that song, I was just like, "Damn, you guys unlocked!" Like it's just like <laughs> a perfect like earworm. Like I can't explain yeah. it, but it's just like, ah, man. Every once in a while, somebody just like solves the like equation of music, and you're like, ah, man, you nailed it. Like that's uh, well, crazy. About, okay. sorry, I will so say this it's... about Santana. Everything Santana does, for yeah. the most part, is going to be some sort of duet with someone because Santana is a guitar player. So there's no well, that's music. Right, right, right. <laughs> this is this, this will be cut. This might be cut out, but I have one quick Santana thing, which is my parents, who who were mm-hmm. basically like step out of a movie of their experiences of the '60s, saw Santana open up for Canned Heat. I mean, that is insane. They were like, who's this Santana guy? Right. And then he came on. They're like, what? <laughs> Which I think is phenomenal. But anyway. Right. He was good, but he didn't sing. <laughs> um, is he just, he just, he just plays the guitar like that? Yeah. <laughs> he just, he just played the guitar for 20 minutes. And then he said, hi, I'm just waiting for Rob Thomas to be born. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll do some more songs. Thank you. Trust me. This is going to be killer in 99. Yeah. So the band, uh, throughout this period, the band was criticized as being synthetic. Uh, manufactured pop uh, that only remotely resembled punk. Um, I did not write this, but I could have in 1999 because uh, <laughs> I agreed. Um, and they were pigeonholed as a joke act um, to due to again the puerile slant uh, yeah. of their lyrics and associating music vi- videos. Um, now but that's although- what happens when anybody gets even the slightest bit of success. Oh, absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously anyone who, who has success, you know, will get some criticism. But I think that was the thing where, you know, again, like this was this was a band, I fully admit, I dismissed because I was like, this is this is dumb kid stuff. Like, I don't care about this. Um, and I think that they're that that actually obscured some pretty talented songwriting and yeah. and playing, honestly. And like and the lyrics even though some of them are raunchy and stupid, like they do have a surprising level of, of cleverness to them mm-hmm. and, and wit and an actual skill and craft. Um, even though again, you know, it's, it's like in service of a, a dumb sex joke. Um, it's, it, it is at least well, cra- a well-crafted dumb sex joke. I will say that, <laughs> um, which most things of that stripe are not, 
you know. Um, sure. So, yeah. And so, and, and I think it's sort of a weird thing where a band like that has endured um, and, and has actually had a, um, an influence on the generation that came after, which I'll get to in a second. But um, the, the thing I was going to say before that is that, um, so also, uh, I, I joked about it at the top, but Raunchy Humor uh, w- was having a moment uh, at the time. <laughs> Uh, because the song came out in 1999. There's something about Mary was released in uh, July of 1998, uh, and uh, the show Jackass premiered uh, exactly one year later in October of 2000. So it was a thing at the they time. They were smack dab in the middle. Yeah, they were um, of the time. We couldn't. Well, this the song was of the time. We couldn't get enough of it. Um, also, prank calls were having a moment. Uh, weirdly, <laughs> at the time, uh, something that because uh, uh, the I looked it up the first Jerky Boys album was uh April of nineteen ninety three. Um but they 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 were uh going strong uh into the mid and late nineties. Uh and uh remember that show Crank Yankers? Yeah. That started in two thousand two. So I don't know. I remember a lot of people being like, man, prank phone calls are funny, huh? And me being like <sighs> are they? Because I do I disagree. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Very so uncomfortable. Disagree, uh on that. Occasionally you'll hear a funny one. But for the most part it was always not only did I always feel like so uncomfortable for the people who were on the, on the other end of the phone. Uh, but also I was just like, this isn't even funny. It's just some right. guy yelling about whatever. Like this is, this, this is funny, but man, Ugh. people loved it back then. Loved it. Good. Those ugh, makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> now the equivalent now would be those, um, the, like the prank videos on, on YouTube and stuff that are all over the place, which I also cannot watch where people do just pranks on random people. Right. Um, so, oh, I hate prank shows. I don't even get Oh, me. I can't. I can't. I, that's the other thing. I cannot, I cannot believe people enjoy that. It, it's just, it, ugh, it's the worst. <laughs> so um, uncomfortable. Uh, Candid hate camera. Hate it. Yeah, hate that's it. right. Hate it. Um, so, uh, so what I was talking about with their influence was, and again, all this stuff probably, possibly obscuring um some pretty some pretty good songwriting um and playing uh in 2011 the new york times wrote no punk band of the 90s has has been more influential than blink 182 no not even green day um and concluded that blink 182 well they included that blink 182 was not the first punk band to put the more glossier pop elements on it right but they were the first punk band to go to that mainstream sound and not have any shame in doing it, mm. right like bands like green day did that but they always seemed like they were like you know either would be like no we didn't right or um you know or or or, or seem kind of uncomfortable with it uh whereas blink 182 was like yeah this is what we do they just embraced <laughs> like, it yeah <laughs> totally embraced it right um and again tried to have that cake and eat it too thing with dressing up like boy bands and being like ah this is a funny joke right but also we're pretty sexy, right? Like, I mean, look, look, look at these abs, right? Come on. And, but I think the lesson here is also, um, you know, yeah, you could dismiss them as a joke and a novelty, but they sold 15 million copies of this album. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh. And again, I mean, I, I'm talking more about like my perception, honestly. And like I said, hearing this song with fresh ears that's why I wanted to talk about this. I was like, oh, man, this is a good song. A song that I just initially 
you know, dismissed because of all the stuff around it. You know what I mean? If I just somehow was like locked in a cave and only like, like, you know, just had songs delivered to me and didn't know anything about them, I probably would have loved this song. But it was all the stuff around it that I was like, oh, man, this, right. this is from the album's called Enema of the State. No, thank you. I'm not interested. Well, that's um, that's sort of interesting. I mean, do you think now in like, I mean, I guess like the post MTV era, there's less stuff around music? Well, yes and no. I mean, because the other thing, again, like I said, was I, you know, I was very militant about like, this is punk and this is not. And anything that's not, anything that's trying to be punk, but it's not, sucks and I hate it. Um, whereas now I'm, I'm way more lenient about like, yeah, whatever. If it's good, it's good. I'm not going to like worry about it. Um, so that, I mean, that's another change, a change more in myself where I, I don't, I don't like define myself <laughs> by, you know, so much by what music I like, you know, oh. I just, I like whatever I like. But I think also now there is less of a, there's less of a, um, urge to put any sort of label on a song or on a, on an right. album. Now yeah. it's just, oh, this is just music because there's been so much crossover. There, there's so much uh, fluidity to what music is that I don't know that if you tried to decide what this was now, if th- what they would call it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, well, I also think part of that is the record label has less to do with it. So there's less yeah. marketing around it because there's so much more indie music. Right. Um. So they're not being necessarily marketed with an image and, with and I video think, and the visual isn't as important and the label. Right. right. And I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for the, for the young kids, but it's my sense that they just care less about genres and that sort of, yeah. you know, there's, it's much more, there's much more genre fluidity nowadays. Right. Um, and I would, I would guess that's probably because of, the streaming era where you can just listen to anything you want at any time. You don't have to go and buy the album. And also like people, you know, you don't have to hand your record to the the store clerk and watch them, you know, turn their nose up at it. You can just listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there definitely is a lot more of like that people just, again, I think, you know, the young taste tastemakers just care less about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But um, okay. So just to wrap up here. Um, so after this album, they had uh the album "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," um, which was released in June of two thousand one, and it did hit number one on the uh, U.S. Hot two hundred, which is the album chart. Um, in two thousand three, they released their fifth album, which was just called Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, in February of two thousand five, due to tensions in the band about touring and the band's sound. Uh, they announced an indefinite hiatus. On September 19th, 2008, drummer Travis Barker uh, was in a private plane that crashed on takeoff. Uh, he was critically injured and burned. Um, there were six people on the flight. Only two survived, Oof. Travis Barker being one. Um, so DeLong and Hopless, uh, Hopless. DeLong and Hoppus, uh, not surprisingly, went to see him in the hospital. Um, and that actually began the three of them speaking again. Um, and they decided to reunite, um, which they announced in February of 2009. Aww. Um, so they put out an album called Neighborhoods, um, which had some success, but the record didn't really have a big hit single, and the, and the record label considered it a financial disappointment. 
Um, DeLong left the group in 2015 um, and was, re- was replaced by guitarist Matt Skiba. Uh, DeLong, uh, one of the reasons why he left was to begin a company uh, called To the Stars, which is devoted to investigating UFO sightings. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who doesn't? You know, who who doesn't want to do that, though? Uh, so on August 7th, um, the band released a surprise new single called Quarantine, which is literally about quarantine uh, and COVID-19. Um, I mean, like, literally, that's what the song's about. Uh, that's that's oh, what we're talking l- about on the song. Just August 7th, 2020. What did I say? Just August 7th. Oh, I'm sorry. August 7th, 2020, uh, the band released a single... Uh, title quarantine oh that makes sense um and uh and they have promised they have promised a new album in 2021 so that's still that going yeah 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 still still happening um all right uh we're gonna take another uh quick break and when we come back we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with lessons learned Like us on Facebook. You'll get lots of great story song content, and we'll break up those crazy political posts from your uncle. Liking the Story Song Podcast on Facebook makes the world a better place for everyone. Except uncles. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson can we take away from this song, apply to our lives, to make our lives better? And perhaps you out there listening, uh, maybe you can take something yeah, away. Helpful hints, one of these you lessons. guys. These are helpful hints. Helpful for you. hints. That's what that's that's what I like to call them. Helpful We're here to help. Uh, so let's start with Rachel. Rachel, what did you learn from this song? What I learned is that you know, if you are going to prank call your mm. girlfriend's mom, do exactly what Blink One Eighty Two did and call mm. from a payphone, and don't worry about the caller ID. It doesn't matter. The point is not that they think for a long time that you're the cops. It's that first reaction that you want. (laughs) After that, the rest is gravy. So don't worry so much about caller ID, but make sure you have a public payphone, which is better advice back then than it is now where you can't really find a public payphone. Now you just have to go up to a stranger and be like, hey, can I use your cell phone (laughs) to call my girlfriend's mom and prank call her? Um, I mean, my lesson was going to be, if you're going to do a prank phone, go all the way, which is to say, yes, break into a police station, (laughs) (laughs) get a phone. And actually, you know what? I'm going to take that back. Let's, let's do, if you're really going to do a prank phone call, don't half-ass it. So here's what you do. Go to the police academy, (laughs) graduate. Become a police officer, right? Find your girlfriend's father, arrest him, yeah. bring him to jail, and then call your girlfriend's mom and say that her husband has been arrested. And it, she's totally going to buy it because you are, in fact, a cop in a police station who has arrested her husband. So That's right. a hilarious a hilarious seven year good. And it'll be Just... it'll be so funny. And then what you do is you hang up immediately and you turn to right. your captain and you say, Guy, this was all a goof. And then you <laughs> walk out. And he's like, That guy right. you arrested that guy. What am I supposed to do with right. that? That's your problem. This is the end of my goof. 
Thank you. Right. Then when and you're I, typing up your police report at the bottom, right. you write you type just kidding. <laughs> JK. And then she'll <laughs> she'll read it and be like, that was yeah. actually really funny. You got yeah, me. Yeah. Um Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you again, know what that's called? That's called commitment. Yeah. That's, that's called right. commitment to the bit. Yeah. Commitment to a bit. Um yeah. You're gonna so do just, it. Just do it. As you walk out the door, you say, This was all just a, a hilarious goof, and you walk out the door. Then the captain takes off his hat and goes, there goes the best damn cop I ever had. Um, <laughs> sorry to Look, lose you. If but... you're if you're not willing to devote seven years, yeah, uh, to an to, intense to, training to right. a prank phone call, then why bother? Why do it? Why? Yeah, yeah. Those are saying. Totally agree. Good point. Um, and by the way, <laughs> this is a lesson you can take away and use in your life. <laughs> yes, uh, listener at home, Michael. What lesson did you learn? I learned. Um, that if you use enough cologne, <laughs> you probably don't actually have to shower. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Because uh, there's alcohol in that, and that's better than soap. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, because if, if so, if there wa- you don't even need to use detergent. Just wash your clothes in it. If there's one yeah. thing that they've said, it's that what you want to do is you want to make sure that you use a lot of alcohol on your skin and dry it out as much as possible. Absolutely. Um, because that'll that'll help it keep up. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, it'll stay. I mean, it'll look bad but it'll you know it 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 weathers it, <laughs> it weathers your skin. i mean that is again that is definitely a lesson i learned uh in the last year is uh you put a lot of hand sanitizer on your hand uh and it does it does fantastic stuff uh, so for great. your hands um really great uh definitely not uh constantly cracking and bleeding um it's it's awesome That's right. so uh yeah <laughs> well what good. is what's the advice that they the that experts give you you do not want to moisturize ever you want to actually just dry yeah, out right. your skin yeah yep, that's right yeah. yeah 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 no yeah your 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 skin should be as dry as possible uh, yeah that makes sense time, that makes sense um all right uh well thank you guys so much for listening this has been the story song podcast um Please come back next episode where we'll talk about another great story song. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you could leave us a five-star review like like Bruce, like Mr. Thunder Road uh, here, we would uh, we would certainly appreciate it. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We'll be back at you next time. Thanks again for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the story. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> we what are happened? off to it's a like halfway through start. a cough. <clears throat> Sorry.